Hello, 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 and welcome back to yet another episode of Just Saying Sports. My name is Jake Adnip. I will be your host today. Here with me is Sean Dwyer. How you doing? And also today we will have a special guest joining us for the very first time on Just Saying Sports, uh, old friend of mine, Steve Santastasi. He has a podcast of his own called The Middle, also available on Anchor. But he will be joining us to talk a little bit about some award picks and the NBA season coming. And, you know, we're already a little bit underway, but there's a lot of excitement already started up. We're into our MLB season show. I know we're a little bit late, Sean, but a lot goes on in October, right? Yeah, there's a lot of you go right in the middle of the college football season, NFL season. Got basketball starting up. You know, we talked about hockey that was getting going for a while, a little while back, and baseball ending. And so you've got a whole bunch of stuff coming together right in the middle end of October. Yeah, and even coming up here at the very beginning of November, we got one of our favorite, you know, pastimes: college basketball starting up. So there's oh, no yeah. tonight. Yeah, tonight, exactly for for the Spartans. But there's no uh, there's no back or forth. Uh, between these sports, everything is just as important as the last, but the NBA season is just getting started. We're pushing into this, and we want to talk about, you know, our picks for the year. We normally just, make our picks. Just to throw it out to the people, our college basketball show, we know it's late. It will be coming hopefully next week. Yeah, it'll be coming soon. Uh, we're we're getting into the swing. Like we said, there's been a lot going on here with sports, and we're trying to do what we can. Conflicting schedules have been a lot of fun, right, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, it's been terrible. <laughs> well, we're, we're doing what we can. The holiday season's coming up. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit more time to spend with each other, with the families, and, you know, be able to do what we can to bring you people what you need to hear while you're sitting on your couch or driving in your car. Exactly. Now, we're going to get into some NBA talk, Sean. We're going to give you guys our picks for each division this season. And uh, once Steve joins us, We'll talk more about our NBA Finals picks, some of our MVP picks and such like that. But without further ado, Sean, let's, let's dive right in into the Eastern Conference. You know, we'll, we're just going to go division by division. We'll give you our first pick and who we think is a good challenger. Just to start off with, Sean, in that East, Eastern Conference Atlantic division, I think we both know who's probably going to run away with this conference in the Boston Celtics. Am I wrong? I don't think they're going to run away with it. I think it's going to be closer than people think, but I do see the Boston Celtics taking it. Well, I mean, if you ask me, they didn't have Gordon Hayward all year last year, and they were still a dominating force. They have shown a little bit of, you know, chemistry work going on, trying to make this work how it hadn't quite all last year. But I think Boston's by far the best team in the division. I know the 76ers have done a pretty good job of loading up and quote-unquote trusting the process. They have mm-hmm. a good team. There's nothing nothing wrong with them. I mean, they're, they're my challenger in this division, if you ask me. I think the 76ers are definitely going to be the closest to the Boston Celtics, but I think the Celtics are probably going to take the one seed in the East overall. I think that they will too, just because I think the other two, other three or other two division, two or three divisions in the East are no good. And But I don't at the same time that the Celtics last year were dominant with without Gordon Hayward, the 76ers last time really played together as a full team for the first time, too, with Embiid and Simmons on the floor at the same time together. 
so I think both teams are going to be – I think the 76ers are going to improve a lot this year. I don't, don't know what's been going on so far earlier this season, but I think over the course of, of the entire season, the Celtics will come out top of this division. I don't think that they're going to run away with it away from the Sixers. I think the 76ers end up with the number two seed in the East, honestly. Well, there's some other good teams in the East, and I, I don't know if I see them with the number two seed just because of, you know, teams beating up on each other. And the 76ers have had a history of having a problem with injuries where they never – it seems like they never have their full complement out on the court. And I don't see that, you know, ending anytime soon. Normally with NBA players, when injuries happen, they – continue to happen and they've had a pretty bad streak with a lot of the guys there uh but you know the 76ers are definitely the best challenger probably in the entire eastern conference not just in the division for the celtics but i don't think i see them getting the number two seed now we're gonna move on into the central division sean with you know our hometown detroit pistons who you saw they got off to a pretty good start uh but i mean who do you think takes the division uh, this year, I think the Greek Freak and the Bucks end up taking the division, just because I don't see a team in this division outside of the Bucks that's worthy. I think the Greek single-handedly dominate every other team in this division. So well, I mean, um, they, I have to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, they started out the season seven and zero. They they're already rolling down the pipe. I definitely pick them as my favorite in the Central Division. The Greek freak is starting to come into the form. Me and you have played 2K enough to know that the projections are for him to become one of the best players of all time, especially just skills-wise all around the floor. And he's really progressing. He's still, what, he's not even 24 years old yet? I think he's over. I think he's just turned over yeah, 24. He's a young guy, you know. He's a young guy. And he's just getting into his prime. They finally starting to fill stuff in. And I think that Milwaukee's one of those teams that I wouldn't be surprised to – see make a move uh, with a trade sometime in the middle of this season to try and up their chances of making a push. If they're really doing well, I think they'll be moving some parts to try and put some really dangerous people around, you know, Giannis. I was incorrect. He is 23. He turns 24 in December. That's what I thought. I was say, he's not even 24 yet. He's, he's young. That's the point is, uh, but either way, my, my, you know, my, my contender in this division, surprisingly enough to me, is the Detroit Pistons. Not just because they, you know, not just because they started off three and zero, but I mean, if the the rest of the teams in the division aren't good, I mean, the Chicago Bulls just got electrified last night by Clay Thompson. But yeah. I mean, either way, the Bulls are no good. The Cavaliers obviously can't even win a game, and I don't think that the Pacers are going to be able to push into the playoffs like they did last year. I just don't think that they're able to keep the steam. So I think the I don't know I don't know if the Pistons quite make a six seed, but I think they're going to make the playoffs in an eight and be that you know second one in the Central Division. Who do you think is going to be the one to challenge the Bucks? I don't think any of them are going to challenge the Bucks. I'm just picking a team that's going to finish second in the division, and that's the Pacers. Just because I really like the Pacers, you know, um, their front court and their bench. Um, their back court leaves a little bit to be desired, but I like the front court and their bench. I think they're just a more well-rounded team than the Pistons. You know, the Pistons have a good starting five, but once you hit that bench, there's kind of a steep drop-off. So I just think the Pacers have a more a more depth on their team and will get them to the second place in the division. I don't know if they make the playoffs. I can see 
eight other teams between the other two divisions in the East that could fill the other playoff spots with the Bucks making the only playoff spot out of the Central. Yeah, I mean, you got teams like we were talking about. I mean, we, we even left them out of the conversation with, like, you know, the Toronto Raptors, you know, in the East. They have Kawhi Leonard. They that are definitely able to make a playoff run, you know. So, yeah, uh, if you look at it, you look at it, you go Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto from the Atlantic, uh, Milwaukee from the Central, that's four. And then – I mean, we'll, we'll just into, move – yeah, I mean, we can just yeah. move into the Southeast Division. I mean, who's, who's your top pick out of the Southeast? My top pick is the Washington Wizards. Um, I think that they are the best team in the Southeast Division. John Wall, obviously Bradley Beal. I think that they are going to finally make a big, big push in this division this year. I don't think Miami is as strong. And I think that Atlanta is still trying to figure out what they got and all their rookies and Trey Young. Same with Orlando with Bamba and Jonathan Isaac from last year. I just think that the Wizards are the more complete team right now in that division. Well, I don't disagree with you. I do have them finishing – second in the division to the aforementioned Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade coming back for that last year. They had the pieces. Hassan Whiteside is still a very, very, very good low post player. The the Miami Heat are definitely going to be in the playoffs. I don't see them going any lower than a five or six seed, which means they're going to have to win their division, you know, if they really want to. And I don't think the Wizards choke way too often for me. They may be the best team, but it just doesn't work out for them as it goes down the line and – I, I don't see them even closing out the season in first place in the Southeast division. You know, if you had another pick, somebody who would finish second, who are you choosing? I'm going with the Charlotte Hornets. That's my second pick. Um, I don't really know a lot about Charlotte other than they drafted Miles Bridges. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is really just, I didn't know who else in this division I really liked, so I went Michigan State, <laughs> Miles Bridges. Okay, well, I don't know if that's quite the thought Charlotte has. <laughs> Charlotte hasn't been uh, too hot over the last few years. I believe they still have Frank Kaminsky's as well. So it's a big, big Ten talent down in Charlotte. Exactly. Now, we are going to move over to the Western Conference, the dominant place in the NBA, obviously, most obviously. I mean, even LeBron knows it. LeBron goes over to the West to try and do something about it, so the finals will be really easy or something, right? <laughs> Now, obviously, the Lakers haven't started off too hot, but we can start out there in the Pacific Division. You know, the Lakers, what are they? I think they, they just won their first game not too long ago. We're, we're, we're just not too far into the NBA season, but who's your pick yeah. to come out of that Pacific Division? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious for almost anybody in the, in the NBA. Yeah, we're not even going to waste time on it for either of us. Golden State Warriors are both of our picks. We're top from the division. And then we've also picked the Lakers both – to finish second in that division. And I'm just going to give a quick reason why. I think our reasoning is going to line up on this one. LeBron. LeBron won. The Clippers, the Suns, the Kings are all no good. Young and sucky. Well, the Clippers are old and sucky, but the rest of them are young and sucky. I think the Suns could possibly hang in that second spot in that division for the first half of the season. I think they're young enough right now, and you don't know DeAndre Aiden's been a beast so far. I think the Suns are going to just fall. Lakers, Warriors, 1-2. We'll just keep it moving. Yeah, so we'll go over to the Northwest Conference, go a little bit 
a little bit higher than there, obviously. I mean, I think we both have the same pick in this division. They've been the top dog, and Paul George just re-signed once again. I think they got rid of Carmelo Anthony, which is probably a good thing, but I think the yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder once again are a top three seed in the West. Yep. Russ, uh, Paul George, Steve Adams, they got a really good team right there in Oklahoma City. It's just a matter of if they can put it together for a playoff run, which they haven't been able to do, and we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, I mean, who's your who's – your, I mean, this is a pretty good division here, if you ask me. I mean, Jimmy Butler's trying to get out of Minnesota, but – Who's your, you know, challenger for Oklahoma City? Because they don't always put it together either. No, I I kind of went back and forth on this one, and I finally just put more faith in the Damian Lillard and McCollum and the Portland Trailblazers than I did in anybody else, just because I think, hey, every duo's got to have a year they put it all together, right? So this year is maybe Portland's year. That's what I'm going with. I think it's really a toss-up between Portland, Denver, and Utah for that number two spot in this division. And I just think Portland's going to have enough Damian Lillard daggers to win it this year. I mean, Portland is a good team. Denver is a good team. They started off pretty hot this season. But I give it to the Utah Jazz with the performance they showed up in the second half of the season last year in the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell hopefully comes even further into his own and just dominates like he has on offense. Rudy Gobert is just a monster on the defensive side. I think the Utah Jazz actually have a chance at threatening to win this division against the Oklahoma City Thunder and will be a top-five seed come playoff time. Now we will move to our last division before we get into our postseason. Well, yeah, postseason picks. We'll go into the Southwest. This is actually a bit more of a toss-up than most people would think if you ask me. But who's your pick to win that? Do you think the Rockets, you know, go as far as they did last record and just run away with this thing? I don't know if the Rockets end up with the best record. I think it's still going to – I think Golden State's still the number one best team in the NBA by far. I think the Rockets do win the Southwest, though. And that's just because I think they're – they're that good that they're the number two team in the West, and I don't even have to think about it. Um, Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella, and then they're out there trying to get Jimmy Butler. I think it's just a winning recipe for them right now, Houston. Yeah, I don't even really know if I have to go too much further into that. They've been they've been trying to stack on the pieces for years now and just put as many points on the board and really just dominate teams. They did a really good job last year, but come playoff time, it's Warriors. The Warriors. Exactly, and it's just it, – come playoff time, they got out basically. Now, I picked them to win this division as well. There's another intriguing – couple intriguing teams with the New Orleans Pelicans, who we'll talk about probably a little bit later. But I, I, they have a good team, but I don't think their guard play is ever going to be good enough to win them a division, uh, let alone get them very, very high in the Western Conference. But, you know, my, my next pick would be the San Antonio Spurs. That DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard trade. I do think it made both teams better, which is kind of crazy, but just the way that both the teams work, and I think the way that Greg Popovich is going to be able to work him in uh, with Marcus Aldridge and all those guys, uh, a little bit more you know, talent in San Antonio, they're always a top-five team, and I don't see them changing that this year. No, I don't either. I think the Spurs will make the playoffs, but I don't know if they're the second-best team in the Southwest. I know you said that the Pelicans' guard play isn't that great, but I do really, really like the pairing of Anthony Davis and Julius Randle 
in the back court or the front court for the Pelicans. I think that that's a great front court, and I don't know if there's another team in this division that can match that that duo. Maybe Memphis with Gasol and another Michigan State guy, Jaron Jackson. They might be able to match that front court. But the Spurs, I don't really think that they can. The Mavericks, um, DeAndre Jordan's getting a little up there in age. So I really think that the Pelicans will be able to dominate down low for these teams, which is you don't... going to open up the three-point shooting for um, their capable three-point shooting guards. They're not great guards, but they can shoot the three. Yeah, but you don't think that uh... – Dirk Nowitzki and DeAndre Jordan, the tall trees from back 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 in the yesteryear, will be able to stop them. I don't think Dirk's got it in him to body people down low anymore. I just I think he's a great scorer. I think he'll always be a great scorer, but I don't know if he's going to have the physicality to keep up with Anthony Davis if they go to a seven game series. No, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure we can both say that we know he won't. I, that was just more of a joke for you. <laughs> Because because I know that they won't be able to keep up with Anthony Davis and Julius Randle, especially, you know, on the offensive pressure that they're able to, you know, provide for the New Orleans Pelicans. And DeAndre Jordan, if he's not blocking a shot, you know, his defense hasn't always been stellar. So, Of course. Now that's going to do it for our division picks. We're going to be back here in just a second with our special guest for our NBA preseason show. So joining us now for the first time in just saying sports history is an old friend of mine, Steven Sanastasi. Say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I've taken a little sabbatical from my podcast, and it's great to be back on the mic, you know, doing something different, little sports this time, you know, instead of the, the, the one-two comedy punch that I normally give um, from my show. So thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, of course. As I mentioned in the open, go check that out. The Middle by Steven Sanastasi. He will talk about just about anything that goes on in his life. So make sure you go check that out and see uh, what he's got to say about, you know, a lot, a lot of interesting topics, if you ask me. But, you know, without any further ado, we do have a lot of NBA talk to get into. Thank you for joining us, Steve. Sean, um, we have our NBA finals picks to come out with, and we're going to give it to our guest first. You know, guest choice. Who do you think is going to come out of the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, and who's going to win this year? I mean, it's pretty early to hedge our bets, but Vegas is already doing it, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I've been watching those money lines and and those future bets before the season. Um, But mainly, I I want to touch on the East first. So, with LeBron, you know, that that big power shift that we saw this offseason with, you know, LeBron heading out West basically shook up everything. So now the East is wide open, or so we think. My first pick out of the East, I mean, this is a given kind of, in my opinion, is Boston. Boston had the team last year. They got the same team this year with Gordon Hayward healthy. I mean, what, could, what more could you ask for if you're Brad Stevens? You got all your pieces in place. The Celtics look, I don't want to say they look unstoppable, but Brad Stevens is a phenomenal coach. He's going to be able to, to work Gordon now into the lineup. Once he gets back fully healthy, I know there's a little minutes restriction right now. And, of course, they're playing our hometown boys, the Pistons, um, tonight. But uh, they definitely take Boston out of the East. And, and let's go to the West. What is there to even debate? It's Golden State. You add DeMarcus Cousins in the offseason. Are you kidding me? The, 
I already hated when KD went there, and now you make me hate you even more. And now the Warriors <laughs> are there. <laughs> you know, I, I it doesn't make sense, but I get it from his standpoint. He coming off, he's coming off an Achilles tear, and he's betting on himself that he'll, you know, once he comes back, I think it's December or January that he'll be 100 percent and be playing back to his full superstar ability um, by signing a five million dollar contract to go there and basically do a rehab assignment. Um, they're a lock. They're a lock out of the West, and and I'm sorry to to LeBron. I'm a big LeBron slappy. But I don't even think it's hard. I don't even think it's hard to see, especially how they performed early in the season, that the Lakers aren't going to be able to beat the Warriors, especially all the way down the road. Exactly. And Clay Thompson, 14 threes last night. Are you kidding me? He broke the single game three point made record in NBA history. And if you watch the highlights, they're not even trying. They're up like 40 at one point in the third. And he's just throwing up prayers, and they're going in. This team was set to be a championship team without Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins. We saw what happened when they had the, the big three of Draymond, Clay, and Steph. And then you add two more superstars. It, it just doesn't make sense. It well, doesn't. I think it makes it, all the sense of the world because uh, what are you going to do besides try to go win some championships? I know, and that's the name of the game, and, and that's what the sport is based on, and that's what you're you know, judged on at the end of your career. But it's – I don't know. It's it's the Monstars. It's, it's Space Jam Part 2. You know, LeBron... You this is Space you Jam Part 4 at this point. They're already four or five years into this. Right, right. But LeBron goes, and now he announces he's going to make Space Jam 2. Okay, you got your real-life Monstars. What, what else can you ask for? You don't have to make any animated characters. They're coming at you front and center. Yeah, definitely Space, not. Space Jam 2 was just that finals where LeBron came back from 3-1. That, that <laughs> movie right there. Yeah, that but- was... That was a good. That was a good uh, prequel. He'll need Kyrie to win any type of game in that, though. Right. Hey, Kyrie's Bill Murray. You never, never underestimate him. Right. <laughs> Give him a little bit of LeBron secret stuff. We'll see what happens. But you know, it's kind of obvious. You know, you did bring this up, Steve. It seems like a runaway out of the East. It seems like a runaway out of the West. And it's not that often that we can all have the same picks at the beginning of the season. But I think that Sean and I would both agree that it's going to be Warriors versus Celtics, right? Yeah, I've got the Warriors and the Celtics, too. I've got the Warriors and six winning the series. I mean, pretty much everything Steve touched on is exactly what I have written down. You can't, it's kind of cut and dry this year, at least from the beginning of the season, looking at it over a full, you know, what are the numbers, where are the odds going to be? We're looking at like at the end of the season. There's really only one scenario, and I think we've got it written down and all nailed out the same way. Yeah, I mean, how many games do you see the Warriors or Celtics winning? And I mean, I guess you didn't really make your pick yet, Steve. Who you who you choosing for the finals? For the championship, I, obviously Warriors. Uh, but I want to go back on the East a little bit. I know we all, you know, have Boston front and center, but this year we're going to see it. They're going to get tested, and and that's the thing. And I love the Kawhi Leonard trade with the Raptors. I think the Raptors now finally have that that my, that championship mindset where like. LeBron's not in the, you know, the, the rear view ready to creep on them, even though they, you know, win X amount of games every year in the East and win 50 plus games, you know, and that's nothing. There's nothing now for them to, to fail. So all they have to worry about is Boston and finishing out the season strong and that's it. And I I think Kawhi Leonard's going to change that mentality a little bit and make these guys play defense and make these guys understand, you know, this is what it takes to win. I definitely we are we talked about this a little bit earlier in our show today. You know, I think the Raptors definitely have a good chance. I think they're a top three team in the East for sure, and it's going to be a run in that uh, Atlantic Division. 
there's so many talented, talented superstars coming out of Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto. But uh, you're taking the Warriors. How many games, Steve? Oh, man. I know Sean just said five. I, I don't see – you know, I see Boston competing. That's a thing. I say five competitive games for sure. There's going to be some close ones, but – What's what's going to happen when DeMarcus comes back and the Celtics are just going to get pounded down low? There's nobody to match up with him down low. You got Aaron Baines. You have Horford. I'm sorry, but Cousins can stretch both those guys out. And I know Horford can stretch the floor, but Horford can barely guard some big men in the East down low, let alone defend them. Yeah. So I, I just don't I don't see Boston winning on the glass. And that's what it's going to take in, in a, in a finals like that with those two teams is the teams that can rim protect and the teams that can match up down low. And if you look at Draymond Green, Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins, I don't know if there is a group of forwards and centers that are a little bit more, you know, dominating or at least intimidating uh, when you look at the defensive side of the ball. Right. Now I, I personally am going to hedge my bets and go with five as well. I don't think it's going to be that competitive of a series. I think the Warriors are really – the only reason I, w- I won't say that they won't beat the best record that they had is because the winning streak that they went on to start the season in that year was just incredible. I don't see it happening again. You know, losing only five games would be incredible, and I could never see that happening. That's why I would never push it that far. But I think they have the potential with the talent and everything if their chemistry goes right and when Boogie comes back in about a month and a half, maybe two months, if they can roll off 20 or 30 straight wins, you're going to see something special out of these Warriors. It, now, it, it, yeah. Yeah. Now, now going into our MVP picks after we have our NBA champions, it doesn't always have to come off of the NBA champions. I'm going to default to Sean on this one because me and him had talked a little bit about this before. And he's got some pretty good points about a player I – think would be really far into the conversation yeah i'm going to go with the mvp for this year i think it's going to go to anthony davis this year i think that he is going to have the kind of help that he needs down low and julius randall to really allow him to kind of show mvp voters and show the league that he's worked on that outside game and he can pop step outside now and hit that jump shot from the outside and then on defense, you know, there's nobody else better in the NBA at blocking shots. And then some, he can also, as everyone knows, he can pound it down low. I think he's going to open up a lot of avenues for his teammates to make shots from the outside. Even though they're not great guards, they're going to make their three-point shots. And I think Anthony Davis is going to pretty much single-handedly get that Pelicans team into the playoffs and maybe even the second round. And that's what my point was. I definitely agree that Anthony Davis has the opportunity to showcase his offensive abilities this year. Average close to, if not over 30 points a game because of the ability to space the floor that has come with Julius Randle being added to that team. But with me being realistic with how the voters go, especially over the last five years, I think with this Warriors team being as good as it is and seeing what's already happened so far this season, I think Steph is going to be my MVP pick this year. I mean, he's going to score an incredible amount of points. He's only going to play in whatever, probably 60 games. But his averages, I bet, are going to be out of this world, both on assists and on points. And they're just going to start to fall in love with Steph's game once they're scoring 150 points a game. What about you, Steve? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I like both those picks. I, I like Anthony Davis a lot. Uh, Anthony Davis, that, that's not my pick, but I just want to touch on these other two real quick. Anthony Davis, he's definitely going to be up there. And it was hard for me to pick between him and the guy I picked. Um, but he, he, it's going to be phenomenal what the Pelicans are going to do this year. And that, you know, that uh, front court is just going to be dominant with uh, Meritich, Julius Randle, and him. These guys, they're going to be unstoppable down low. And then you go to Steph. See, it's not that I don't like that pick, Jake, but I think with the Warriors, with the amount of games they're going to win and whatnot, it's going to be hard to give someone on that team an MVP because it's just like, okay, you guys are open regardless of what you yeah. do. So it, so the guy I like, I like the most, and he was actually my first overall pick in fantasy basketball. I had the number one pick this year in my league. Uh, but it, it's not just – I don't want to sound like I'm a little biased because of that, but it's Giannis. Yeah. Uh, Giannis Atatakumpo. Antetokounmpo. I can't say it. Antetokounmpo. A little tongue twister. Um, but Giannis, for sure. I think uh, the Bucks. The, the thing about the Bucks is they go cold every year in the playoffs. Uh, but I think Giannis is going to put on a, a show this regular season, finally. It, he does it every year, but I think this is the time where he's going to take that that next step. Um, he is already a superstar in my opinion, but there's, there's just another step. I feel like he has to go over. He's currently averaging 25, 14 and five. I know the, the season just started. We're only six, seven games in, but he's phenomenal. And the, what he is going to be able to do in the East this year is just dominate teams. And without LeBron being there, it's only going to get him more exposure. I think in the East and, and more marketability for all these voters and things like that with them playing national games and, uh, him going off every night, getting close to a triple-double, uh, double-doubles every night for sure. He's definitely my pick, and I, I, he just has to take the bucks over that hump. It is it is what it is, uh, but that team just needs to take that step. And this year they will. I think they will in the playoffs because, like again, Cleveland's down. So w- who's going to step up is really what it is. The only other person in the Eastern Conference who I could see even getting close to Giannis's level is Kristaps Porzingis, who is – I'm not talking about MVP-wise, but I'm talking about matchup-wise, you know, and he's even coming off an injury that isn't the best. Giannis is a fantastic player. I really do like that pick as well. I'm glad that we all had a little bit different thing than the finals picks, but mm-hmm. we, we do have a couple more to go through here. Um, we'll go right into our Rookie of the Year picks. We just got done with the NBA draft. This year just started. We're starting to see who's fitting in where. Um I'm going to go ahead and start off with this one since I gave you guys the default on the last two. Uh, I like DeAndre Ayton to be the rookie of the year. I mean, he's already averaging a double-double just through the first few games. I'm not saying that's going to stay up, but if he stays healthy, he's a big force down low. His rebounding skill is incredible, and uh, he, he was that high of a pick for a reason. I don't think the Suns are going to do very well, but with the numbers he'll be able to put up, DeAndre Ayton is a dominating force, and – he, he's going to mm-hmm. translate in the N, into the NBA very quickly. And he's already shown that. And I think that's one of the reasons why he was always regarded as a number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Now, what about you, Steve? I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. And I finally said a name, right? Uh, <laughs> Luka's is, is, talent as an overall basketball player in this rookie class is – the best. He comes from, you know, the he was a EuroLeague MVP. He was been playing since I don't know if he was 14 or 15 years old, something like that. The the kid is phenomenal. And I think out of 
a lot of the rookie class, he actually stepped into probably the best fit, best fitting team for his style of play and the situation that the Mavericks have. He plays alongside Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews. You got DeAndre Jordan. Um, what more could you ask for? He's playing the, a stretch four, a modern-day big stretch four, a guy that can shoot, a guy that can spread the ball. I mean, sorry, spread the floor, pass the ball, run the, run the floor. What more could you ask for out of a guy that's, you know, 6'10", I think. Uh, but he's averaging 26-4 and four right now. Um, and like, like you were saying about Ant, I don't know if the numbers will stay up there, but the kid, the kid has potential to do it, and he's only going to get better, and he's only going to adapt more to this American-style game and the way these players play. And like I said in the beginning, it's the fit. You got to look at the Mavericks team. You got to look at their coach. You got to look at everything the Mavericks have been built on over these years. He is that guy. And, and playing alongside Dennis Smith Jr., you know, a rising point guard in the league, what more could you ask for as a rookie? Because stepping into this situation, I think, was the best fit for him, and that's my pick for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I agree with him that Luka Doncic is going to be the best player in the NBA out of all the rookies. And I think it's also just part of the fact that he's played professional basketball at some sort of level before, even in the EuroLeague. Um, coming over, I think he's he's got the better idea of how the NBA works, being in a professional basketball environment before. He's kind of got an idea of what he needs to do to make himself successful. I think that's going to give him a, a little bit of an edge ahead of all the other players. So I think he'll be able to be more consistent night to night than other rookies. Mm-hmm. All righty. Go ahead, Steve. And one more, sorry, one more thing, one more thing. And, and you know, this whole, this whole Euro, where they, the Euro bust ever since Darko, you know, teams were scared to, to draft a guy in the EuroLeague. But the game of basketball as a whole, the way it has been broadcasted around the world and the game has just translated to so many different countries and the way the game has evolved, I just think we're, we're, this is this – is, ever since Porzingis and, you know, a couple other players, it's changing. You know, they're going to take bets on these kids, and it's, it's showing that these people – these kids over there that start playing at such a young age professionally are coming, coming over here and showing that, hey – we can compete too. We're not going over there. We're not playing against, you know, terrible players. We're playing against grown men at the age of 15 and 16. So uh, I'm excited for the game uh, in the future and going forward. It's, it's going to be great seeing these players come up from overseas. All right. So I just got a quick question for our guest. Sean and I will not participate, but there's a couple ones I want to go Uh-oh. through with you, Steve. I mean, who are you most excited to see either player or team to perform this season? I'm going to go with team first. I got a couple players. Um, team first, you know, it's going to sound biased, but the Pistons, I mean, they're, they're off to a 4-1 start. Blake Griffin is playing like the Blake Griffin, number one overall pick Blake Griffin. The early Clipper days, the days where he wasn't playing with Chris Paul and all these superstars, and, and the days where he was just getting the ball and doing whatever he wants. And the fact that this team has brought in Dwayne Casey – a basketball mind, a well-respected coach, the coach of the year last year and somehow got fired. And then they go ahead and trade DeRozan when they could have kept Dwayne Casey and still done that trade and see what what he would have done with Kawhi. I I think they kind of messed up there. And I understand that, you know, they were stuck in, stuck in the mud a little bit, but I think the Pistons are going to turn some heads this year and and look for them to compete for like a, a six or a five seed. 
you know, their 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 floor I say is an eight for sure because we could we, we as Pistons fans know that it wouldn't surprise us if they if they lost forty games. Um but that's my that's my surprising team. And then I had a couple I had a list here. I don't know if we're gonna touch over some most improved players. I don't know if you want to touch over that. But I got I got a list of some some candidates for most improved. Um starting with D'Angelo Russell. I know you state boys don't like that Ohio State blood, but uh D'Angelo Russell I think could be a, one of those competitors for most improved player, averaging 16, 4, and 5 so far to start the season. Uh, Aaron Gordon with the Magic, 15, 8, and 2. Um, I think Aaron Gordon is another player that can take that step this year and, and show show these guys that he can play. He just signed a big max deal in the offseason. I think it was four years, $80 million. Uh, Brandon Ingram for the Lakers. I know I know LeBron is, is there, and, and his game might get limited, but I don't think it will. Um, 17, 4, and 1 for him to start the season. You know, he's suspended for four games, so it kind of will set him back a little bit, not much. Um, but then here's my most surprising, most improved. A lot of people don't know this guy. Uh, it's coming out of the East. He, he was he was low on the radar because he played in the shadow of LeBron a little bit. But I'm going to go with Chetty Osman. Um, I think this is my dark horse for most improved player. He's 23 years old from Turkey, I believe. He is a small forward, can play shooting guard. Um, he can't even handle the ball a little bit. Last year, he averaged uh, three points, two rebounds, and not even one assist a game. This year, he's already off to 12, 5, and 3. Um, and, you know, and he's 39% from three this year so far. And, you know, the Cavs are, are terrible. <laughs> they they shift off Teron Lou. He's gone. Um, they started off 0-6. I don't even know if they won a game yet. Kevin Love just got hurt with a toe injury. He's going to be out for a month or longer. Um, but this guy is kind of my dark horse. A lot of people – aren't really talking about him, but the numbers are there. I mean, the numbers are definitely there. So if he can keep improving and, and playing at that game that he has, this kid's a ball player. So, and he's my age, or he's a year younger than me. So You're younger this than guy most of us at this point. <laughs> right? I know it's so weird to say. I know. Getting old now, all these younger, all these athletes are going to be younger than us. But that's what I was saying. John, we were talking earlier. John is Antacupo's only 23 years old. This is, he's like seven foot tall. I didn't even know people could grow that big. Oh, he came in the league, I think, at 6'9". And I mean, six eight, and now he's six eleven. Yeah, he's he's still growing in the NBA, which is crazy. But it's terrifying. Uh, yeah, but we do want to thank Steven Sanastasi from the middle for joining us on Just Saying Sports. We did enjoy your presence for once. But to come back on, <laughs> of course. Now we uh, we're gonna wrap this up really quick. As always, we want to say thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe on all listening platforms: iTunes. Apple Music, uh, Google Play, Spotify. You guys know where to find us. Uh, as always, like, heart, share, and follow us on Twitter at Just Saying Sport. But without further ado, we'll throw it to our guest, Stephen Sanasasi. Yeah, th- thank you. The Middle Podcast. Check me out. iTunes, Spotify, The Middle Podcast with Stephen Sanasasi. Go hit that subscribe button. Give me a nice rating. I haven't done one in forever, but I'm getting back in the mood after this, so... Thank you so much, right. Jake and Sean. I appreciate it. Of course. No now, of course, I'm Jake Atnip. I'm Sean Dwyer. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.